Next on BYU Sports Nation, draft day in the NFL. What are your bold predictions for BYU footballers hoping to receive that next level phone call? Sporting News NFL draft analyst Eric Galco joins us live. When does he project Jamal Williams and Harvey Longy to be drafted? Plus, BYU national champion and analyst Blaine Fowler calling his shot on Taysom Hill's NFL possibilities. And who's the third guy that BYU could have drafted? Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. What is up, BYU Sports Nation? Back to work and live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Thursday, April 27th, draft day. Mm, let's go. Wherever and however you're dialed in, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with 2009 honorable mention BYU graduate Jerem Jordan. I'm just happy to be mentioned. I think I was dishonorably mentioned in 2009, but whatever. Don't adjust your TV screens, by the way. Spencer Linton just went to Arizona for a couple of days. Yep. So yep. there's a different shade there. there. There's a person on our crew called the video control or video controller. They adjust the levels of brightness, darkness, color schemes, and whatnot. I think they had to work a little harder today than previously. Why? Because, Just throwing that out there. Because uh, they're more tan. I'm not pasty, Ish. pasty white. <laughs> hey, Utah Springs, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just happy to have some sunshine. It's amazing how you, how happy you feel when you get to spend some time in the sun. Yeah, sunshine. It's great. <laughs> I love it. When uh, the Paralympics were after the Olympics in 2002 in Salt Lake City, Stevie Wonder was the opening act during that. And it started raining, and he started making up a song, and he sung the words, It's raining, but my heart is full of sunshine. That's how you feel right now. It's raining. Post Arizona Sun with Trevor. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. That is, that is a nice poll on your part. Thank you. Stevie Wonder. Also, uh, congratulations. Wow. Uh, sincerely to all of the BYU students graduating today. Today is commencement. I believe that will be live on BYU TV coming up this afternoon. So congratulations to those graduating, uh, especially those on our crew. I have a few students that I kind of supervise. Super excited for them. Uh, and, and graduating. It's, it's hard to graduate from college, right? Not everyone does this. So congratulations to everybody. And they have been so valuable to our team. They oh, always are. Our, our students, and we're a little bit biased, are the cream of the crop. Yeah, they, and they get an amazing opportunity, and we have an amazing opportunity to have them here. So today, uh, BYU is going to look like Hogwarts, a bunch of people in weird clothes. Walking around. I love it. And it's totally okay. <laughs> and, the, the, all the, and then you find out all the people with PhDs and masters. You're like, oh, okay. That guy's hat is cords. even fancier. Yeah, did you have any cords around your neck, Jerem? No, because they cost extra. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Slash yeah that, that's why you didn't have them, right? I didn't right? earn them. Yeah. Oh, I didn't want to pay for them, so I didn't have them around my neck. <laughs> all good. I when barely you said, got the cabin. When you said Hogwarts, I, I quick, uh, quickly remembered the show that we did on BYU being compared to yeah. one of the Hogwarts houses. With Professor Thomas E. Walter. Yes, yes. We had a Harry Potter expert on the show. We did that. <laughs> we did that because we can. <laughs> Fantastic stuff. Congratulations to all of the graduating students. Let's bring on the headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Of course, it's NFL Draft Day, but there are BYU sports taking care of business, including 21st-ranked BYU softball, who scored 12 unanswered runs to beat Utah Valley 12-4 in six innings last night. The ladies have now won 12 games in a row. 
The Cougars hit five home runs, including this walk-off home run from Lexi Taro. Three for four today, and Taro to center field. Her second home run of the game ends it. Walk-off, Mercy fashion. BYU wins 12-4. Lexi Taro hit two home runs in last night's game. BYU combined for five home runs in the same game for the first time in seven years. And there's more. Ace McKenna Bull has now pitched 27 consecutive scoreless innings, a school record. Jerem, it's about the RPI, a metric that we have made fun of, mostly you, mm-hmm. but it matters in softball. BYU gunning to host an NCAA tournament regional. You have to be in the top 16 if you want to do that. Right now, BYU sits 18th. That's great, Spencer. The RPI is wonderful. It matters. For softball. Baseball opens a three-game homestand tonight against San Francisco. Moving on at 8 Eastern on BYU TV. Don't act like you don't care. You actually care about that RPI. You know I love BYU softball. That was my first uh, play-by-play sport here. Head coach Mike Littlewood, who was pleased with his team's play at San Diego, had this to say about how to maintain the momentum heading into the series with San Francisco. The only way to ruin that is by not coming out this week and playing like we can play and overlooking somebody who's a really, really good team. Overlooking somebody, typically not good when you're the competing entity. However, for people like me, I can overlook whoever, and it's okay. The Cougars have won 12 of 15 games. They're on fire and are in third place in the West Coast Conference standings. But by win percentage, where are they? In third place. Oh, interesting. That's why I said they're not. Oh, is that why you went with, you went with the win percentage? Yeah, okay. because that's what it is. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Wouldn't say they're in third place if they're not in third place. <laughs> it's weird because teams play a different number of games all season long until the very end, just because that's how the schedule lines up. Yeah, in any situation, there's no games bad. Yeah, men's volleyball in the MPSF, it was not games bad. Yeah, same situation. Because they didn't play the same amount of league games. Correct. Yeah. West Coast Conference tennis awards are out. Jacob Sullivan on the all-conference singles first team. He's also on the second team. Uh, with Aiden Carazado. In doubles as well, yeah. In doubles. Pretty good stuff. The Cougars begin competition at the WCC Championships today against number 6 seed Santa Clara, 4 Eastern in Claremont, California. On the women's side, Savannah Ware-Avina and Natalia Nabieva uh, earned West Coast Conference honors. The team begins playing the West Coast Conference tournament as well today. 6 seed BYU against 3 seed St. Mary's, the Fighting Della Vadovas. I always think it's funny in tennis, they're like, they're on the all-singles team. I was like... What does, you know, dating and marital status have to do with anything? Yeah, like, that's, that's interesting, right? So, not cool. They're on the doubles so. team. They are elite double daters. Singles. See, whatever. And the all-conference single. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Draft day divination. Hallelujah. NFL draft day is a pseudo-spiritual experience for a lot of football fans. It's like a holiday. (laughs) Seriously. It really Uh, is. I agree on the holiday part. Pseudo, pseudo pseudo-spiritual experience. Like in an, or uh, like unto it. Because it's the offseason. Exactly. Okay? Especially if your team has an early pick in the draft. And you stink. Yes. It is like the hope. (laughs) Hope reborn, Right. That's, that's what the NFL draft brings to those fans. It's a three-day event now because, well, because TV rules because all. Because television. Thursday night primetime tonight, just the first round. Friday will be the second and third rounds. And then Saturday is rounds four through seven, plus all of the news about the undrafted free agent signing their individual contracts. Right now, from what we can tell, 
across all of the major platforms projecting in the NFL draft, two BYU players should have their names called somewhere during the actual NFL draft. Jamal Williams, we think somewhere between the third and fifth round, and Harvey Longy is a wild card from the third, maybe back to the seventh round. We have seen him all over the board yet. He has been projected to go. That's great. Two BYU players projected to be drafted after a few years when no BYU players were drafted. So this is on the up and up for BYU. Now, how bold do you want to get, however, with the guys for the Cougars that maybe, just maybe, could sneak in? Or what about Harvey Longy and the one NFL draft expert that put him in the third round before Jamal Williams? All of these feed into our thinking for today's Twitter question. What is your BYU-related bold prediction for the NFL draft? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At BR Lemon, four draft picks. Okay. Four. Bold, yeah. Williams, Longy, Nakua, and Hill. This is Brian Logan. Bold. Yes, that yeah. is Brian Logan. Yeah, bold. Brian Logan's been on the show the last three days. The spirit of Brian Logan is still here in the form of that answer. Brian that Logan sure. Bold is a great way to phrase that. If you want to say something, and this is a nice way of saying that's crazy, yeah. right? Yeah. It's Brian Logan Bold. Yeah. Which is like, that's just crazy. Okay. Yours is along those lines, I believe, but not quite that. Yeah, crazy. not quite Brian Logan Bold. <laughs> My bold prediction for the draft in 2017 regarding BYU is the Cougars. We'll have three players drafted. Two is expected, so three is bold. Jamal Williams yeah. and Harvey Longy, as we just chronicled, projected to go, both of them between the third and seventh rounds. But what about a third guy for BYU? I think Kai Nakua could be that guy that sneaks in around mm. that Mr. Irrelevant area in the latter part of the okay, seventh the round seventh. Yep. and gets himself a contract because he is a ball hawk. He makes big-time plays, and there is, there's something to that, right? You remember him because yeah. he was always making a play in a clutch scenario. The last play of his career was what? An, An interception. interception to ice the game in the rain in San Diego. What did he do against Boise State? Sealed the game in 2016 with a pick six. Kainakua just finds himself in the right place at the right time. And we learned from Jordan Pendleton when he came in to talk to us about working uh, with the BYU players and, and Pro Day, that Kai Nakui, he felt, was the guy that helped himself the most during BYU's Pro Day. Yeah, I, I agreed with that assumption. My bold prediction is this. I think Harvey Longy could be drafted before Jamal Williams. Oh, even though only one guy only, has said that? Only one person said that. I, I think that all it takes is one team that needs a need, an inside linebacker that falls in love with him. Physically, he is ready for the NFL. Uh, I think Harvey Longy could be drafted before Jamal Williams. I don't think Jamal Williams will slide beyond, like, the fifth round, in my opinion, because I think Jamal is one of the five or seven best running backs in this class, which it's a great running backs class. It really is. So that says a lot about Jamal Williams, but that's my bold prediction. Longy, potentially, before Jamal, Jamal Williams, Williams in the draft. Wow. I still Like, that's a bold prediction. I still think, like, I won't be surprised either way. Like, whoever's drafted first doesn't really matter. I just want multiple picks for BYU because it's been so long since BYU had that, which is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The last NFL draft to have multiple BYU Cougars drafted? 2009, people. 2009. That was Austin Collie and Fubaka. It's been eight years since BYU had two players taken in the same draft. 
basically since BYU beat Utah. It's been that long. That's way too long. Hey, hey, oh nine. That's a great point you bring up. Well, there. it's Maybe a painful this, point. This Spencer. is a sign of things. Good things for BYU. Multiple players drafted, and hey, and, and we've had this discussion of if you have multiple draft picks, what does it mean? Does it matter? Like Utah State is out drafted BYU recently. Does it matter? Yes, it matters. What matters is more on the field, right? But if you have more draft picks, more free agents, that means you have more talent. It helps recruiting. It helps the fan base. It helps perception. All of this matters. So what Jamal Williams and Harvey Longy and others could do this weekend, it all helps BYU football. Let's clarify something. Going undrafted is in no way a death warrant for a player's NFL chances. That's Daniel Sorensen. Ask Alani Fua. In fact, nine of the 13 BYU players currently on an NFL roster in some form or another were undrafted free agents that made it. Only four of the 13 were actually drafted. Ziggy Ansah, Bronson Kafusi, Dennis Pitta, and Kyle Van Noy. The other nine did not have their names called. So you're right. You can be a free agent and it work out. Half the NFL is undrafted free agents. So guys like uh, Taysom Hill and Michael Davis and Kyna Kuhn. Andrew, Andrew Idy. Who, who knows with other guys? Like Mitch Jurgens may get a shot. Uh, is Kyle Johnson even trying? I, I, I'm not sure, but... That, those are that's a list of guys in my opinion that could be free agents this weekend or through the summer or something. And not all free agents are created equal. Some guys will get into camp in the fall. Some guys won't even make it past the summer. But the fact that they can even get in a camp and just get a shot, that's validating. Especially let's say Mitchell Jurgens gets invited by somebody to camp. That's great. He's like five ten, one eighty. He has worked so hard to put himself in a position to just potentially get a shot, right? What is your BYU-related bold prediction for the NFL draft? That is our Twitter question. At Twiggy or Stone says, BYU sneaks in a third pick at the end of the draft. He agrees with me. The player drafted is Nakua. He agrees with exactly everything that I said. And I know that Andrew Idy's got a shot to be that guy, too. Mm-hmm. Or maybe Taysom Hill. I know that that's a minute possibility. It's a weak but... offensive line draft class, so Idy's got a shot. Yeah. Coming up. Blaine Fowler will join us to talk about the start of the NFL draft and what he has in mind for Taysom Hill on those guys. But first, Eric Galco of Optimum Scouting. Plus, where's women's golf going in the NCAA regionals that just came out? We'll tell you. WCC champs! What's trending on BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. NFL Draft Day, also known as April 27, 2017. Welcome back, BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio Conversation. Jumping right now on Twitter, follow at BYU Sports Nation along with the almost 19,000 others. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Baseball is back in action tonight. The Bad Cats, uh, just a hair out of first place. They're in third place in the WCC tonight, 8 Eastern time against the Fighting Ricerones of San Francisco. We mentioned, uh, you can watch that, listen to that, BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the apps. We mentioned women's golf just got uh, into the uh, NCAA regionals. The pairings were announced. I guess they made it Saturday, but uh, the situation is the Lubbock Regional for the NCAA women's golf team. They'll compete uh, May 8th through the 10th, so not this next week, but the week after that. 18 teams in their regional, top six emerge uh, to the NCAA championships, which BYU did last year in dramatic fashion. So congratulations to BYU Women's Golf 
Uh, they are in the NCAA regionals. The back-to-back West Coast Conference champions. Doesn't they've, that they've just got sound a good fantastic? Thing. They have a good thing going right now. Kerry Roberts has uh, the program rolling. Man, we're talking about individual champions, team champions. Yeah, this is this is really good. Our Twitter question today: What is your BYU-related bold prediction? For the NFL draft at Nelvin Wilson 7 says both Jamal Williams and Harvey Lungen get drafted in the third round and back to back. They always got to take it next level, don't they? That's pretty bold. Let's just go third round. That that would be bold enough. He also says Jamal misses the phone call due to intense video gaming. Jamal told us that he's not. Well, Nicole <laughs> said he's going to be playing video games. He won't even watch. That's, uh, that's how he relaxes. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline is the director of scouting for or Optimum Scouting, and the lead NFL draft analyst for Sporting News, Eric Galco. Eric, welcome back to the show. How are you guys doing today? Great. Where does this day rank on your list of best days of the year? You know, it's, it's kind of a bittersweet weekend because you focus year-round on the draft. Really, by next week, we'll start on 2018. But, you know, by Sunday, I'm kind of a forgotten man. So I'll, I'll take the line my wife and have it. <laughs> we won't forget you, Eric. Don't worry. <laughs> Obviously, we want to talk about some of the BYU guys. Uh, yeah. But before we do that, what what is uh, kind of your sense of what this draft could be like overall in terms of how it will be remembered a few years from now? Yeah, I mean, we've been kind of spoiled these last few years um, as far as what the first and second pick overall are going to be. And we've seen for the last five years, quarterbacks go one-two this year. The Browns have done a fantastic job of helping out ESPN and, and making us all guess what the first overall pick will be. So, you know, I, I've, I've been thankful to kind of get a, a look at what NFL team internal mocks are. Every team kind of makes a mock draft themselves to kind of see who might be available. And seeing a bunch of those teams have no idea what's going to happen. Um, I've seen four or five guys considered for the second and third overall pick, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I don't know if we'll see a lot of trades. I think that's kind of maybe a bit optimistic at this point because a lot of teams picking in mid-round one like where they're at, but it's going to be a draft where I can promise you NFL GMs, even the most prepared ones, are not sure what's going to happen really with the first overall pick and throughout the top ten and then and beyond. Follow him at Optimum Scouting. Eric Galco with us on BYU Sports Nation. Let's start with Jamal Williams, talented, record-setting BYU running back. Where do you expect Jamal to be drafted in terms of a round? I think probably someplace early on day three at this point, uh, round four through five. I think he has a lot of interest from a handful of teams just because he's powerful. He can work at the second level. I think he's best when you have the blocking in front of him to take advantage of of it at the second level. He's very tough against linebackers and safeties and hard to bring down, but also thinking at value in a lot of ways to your team. So I think a lot of teams will want him. I think by round four, when the running backs where that kind of value will pick up again, um, it'll be interesting, but but I think a lot of it is, hey, if a team misses on Leonard Fournette and they also miss on Joe Mixon and they miss on a couple other guys that kind of fit what Jamal, Jamal Williams can do, um, that's when the guys will like him. So I, I think if those running backs go earlier, especially the ones who are bigger, more, I guess, the Marco Murray-style runners that go early on, you know, if a team wants a, a quicker back to miss out on McCaffrey, that won't be Jamal Williams. But I think if, if the bigger backs and the more complete backs go early in the draft, uh, Williams is a better chance to be a top 100 pick. But that being said, I think he ranks probably in the back end of the top 10 of running backs for most teams, and that's going to put him someplace on early day three. How about Harvey Longy, the inside linebacker from BYU? What do you think? Yeah, not a great inside linebacker class. And we're going to see Hassan Reddick go someplace in the top 13, 14, 15 picks. Uh, Ruben Foster may fall a little bit, but he still has fans. Jared Davis of Florida will be a first-round pick as well. But after those guys and a handful of others, 
not a lot of inside linebackers to get excited about. I think that really helps Harvey Lange because, A, he's a versatile guy. He's played special teams. He's played a bunch of positions while at BYU. So certainly teams like the Patriots and teams who are kind of valuing those guys as well will certainly cover him. So I think the earliest he can go, and I'd be surprised if he asked him this three weeks ago, but there's a chance he is the first BYU player taken uh, in the draft. I think the third round is, is a bit optimistic. I think if teams are looking to fill their inside linebacker spot and linebacker in general, which a lot of teams are, I think he would be in play by the third or fourth round. But I'd be, I'd be very surprised if he wasn't drafted. I think between third and sixth round is where he's projected to go. What do you think of the chances of Harvey being drafted before Jamal Williams are, Eric? Yeah, I think it's certainly possible. And I think, you know, running back is a position that has been constantly devalued, even though we'll see probably three go in the top 20, 25 picks. Um, you know, unless a guy's a really special talent, if the team feels that way, they won't take him that highly. And they know they can always find running backs late on drafted guys. And we just saw Adrian Peterson get signed for $3.5 million, uh, which is peanuts for, for what, how talented he is. So I think teams will, are more likely to pass on running backs early than linebackers. So that being said, I think Lange's kind of reliability as a player in the NFL, special teams guy, versatile guy, can play a position that most teams want to have five or six linebackers who can play multiple spots. I think it's much easier for NFL teams to see Lange as, hey, this guy will be on our team for six-plus years if, if he can you know, be our second contract guy with Williams. He's maybe a three- or four-year guy with a certain team before he moves on. So I think from that perspective, just in general, because they have similar grades, I think Lange has a really good chance of being drafted higher. I think Williams has more upside and could be a better value. But I think he's similar to Devontae Booker last year, who people thought might be a second-round pick and fell to round four. I think Williams had the same type of situation. Of course, you had to mention the Utah guy on a BYU show, but whatever, (laughs) it's all good. Uh, What are the chances BYU has a third draft pick, and and who, in your opinion, maybe is the next best prospect from BYU? Yeah, I don't think they will. Um, I'm not sure any of these any of the guys uh, from BYU will be drafted, but um, but maybe you guys can can help me out and let me know if there's a guy I'm missing here from BYU. But I know Taysom Hill has some interest. I think we'll get a chance after the draft to to be on a team, but but I'd be shocked if he's drafted. Um, overall, just because it's a pretty strong quarterback class, and we're going to see probably eight go or nine go in the top 100 picks. But uh, but unless I'm missing some guys, and you guys can help me out. What about Kainakua? Yeah, Kainakua is a name that has, has popped up on an occasional draft board now and again at safety. Yeah, I, I'm not sure safety is a very deep class as well. And, and I think the reason I bring that up especially is that once teams fill those guys in the top four or five rounds, we'll see many safeties go after that. I know teams draft boards at cornerback and safety – and there's many as 15 cornerbacks with first, second, or third round grades by teams. That's a lot. Uh, safety, first, second, third round grades, depending on who you ask, probably in the 10 or 12 area. So the more safety the cornerbacks that go earlier, that actually hurts guys like him as well. So, so I would say no uh, on him as well. I think the two BYU guys probably go someplace between round three and at the latest round six. So I think both guys go someplace on four or five. Andrew Ide was BYU's left tackle the entire season, a guy who played guard previously at Southern Utah, a guy that is trying to become a center in the NFL. How, how deep is the O-line class in this draft? Because I'm hearing it's, it's relatively weak, which might give a guy like Andrew Ide a shot at a free agent contract. Yeah, it's a, it's a very weak offensive line class, and really across the board. Um, there's only two or three centers that are worth top 100 picks. Not a whole lot of guards, depending on which team you ask. After the first couple rounds, at offensive tackle, we're going to see a run on them go in the top 25 picks just because there's not a lot in the back end. But, you know, teams, depending on who you ask, really don't like this offensive line class. Some are okay with it. And I think that the fact that we're not going to see a lot of guys go early um, is going to mean teams are going to either say, no, no thanks on drafting the position, which can certainly help him, um, or take guys early and, and hope they can fill those needs. So 
but we won't see a lot of teams reaching for offensive linemen. We won't see a lot of offensive linemen drafted. This could be one of the fewest offensive linemen across all three positions drafted in the last couple of years because teams are just saying, you know what, we'll just pass on it this year. We'll, we'll try some guys out and I've got the free agency and see if they can work out and, you know, bide our time for a year before next year, which should be a much better offensive line class. So I think you guys make a great point. I think the weak offensive line class after the first run goes in, in early round one and probably another run in, in the back end of round two, it'll be a pretty dead market. I think teams will be aggressive on drafting free agency to get their guys. A few years ago, we went from no running backs in the first round to all of yeah. a sudden uh, Ezekiel Elliott. Maybe changing the dynamic of that. What's your opinion of how that affects maybe this year's NFL draft with running backs maybe in the first round this year, given how good the class is? Yeah, I think Todd Gurley showed that he can lead an offense in St. Louis and now L.A. I think Ezekiel Elliott showed that being the fourth overall pick was not a reach and a great value for how much of an impact he made as a rookie. And I think what running backs, I think it was a bit of an overcorrection for a minute there in the NFL was saying, hey, no running backs are worth first-round picks. And that was obviously kind of a misnomer. But I think what teams are appreciating now is, hey, if we're taking a running back in round one, he's got to be a guy that is the centerpiece of our offense. Just like a receiver, when you take that kind of guy, he's got to be a difference maker and a matchup nightmare for the opposing team or else he's not worth a round one pick. The same is going for running backs. So I think running backs that can't do one or two things really special – They'll fall in the draft, and they won't be top two or three-round picks. We won't see those guys going that early ever again. But I think guys like Leonard Fournette, who has you know, Bo Jackson-like athletic ability, like Christian McCaffrey, who's a better version of Brian Westbrook, and by one team compared to LaDainian Tomlinson or, or Dalvin Cook, who has a really special film, unless you're really special, you won't be a first-round pick. I think NFL teams have learned their lesson there. But you know, teams are smart. Top-end talents like these three guys deserve to go in the top 20 picks, and they will in the 2017 draft. Eric Galco of Optimum Scouting with us on BYU Sports Nation. You can follow him at that Twitter account, at Optimum Scouting, a significant contributor for the Sporting News, lead NFL draft analyst. Then there is the curious case of BYU quarterback Taysom Hill. I know you dropped his name as a guy that you expect to get a free agent contract. Correct me if I'm wrong, but he ran the fastest 40 time of any quarterback in the draft, 4-4-4, and he was clocked at that twice. What does something like that for a 26-year-old quarterback do to make NFL scouts think, yeah, he's old, but I still want him on my team? Yeah, and the question is they like him and they're intrigued by him, but are they going to give him, A, a chance to come in training camp, and B, will it be a legitimate chance in training camp? And there are a lot of quarterbacks every year. I think keep in mind most teams now, I think probably 20, 23 teams, are keeping only two quarterbacks. That's 64 spots to 90 spots filled already, and most of these guys aren't retiring after four or five years. So it, on average, about seven to nine quarterbacks are added to the NFL every year on a roster or a practice squad, um, a little bit more than that based on the influx of practice squad guys. So is he one of the 10 or so guys we think is going to be an NFL quarterback in the next two, three years? That's up for teams to decide. But the arm talent there, we've seen the highlights, we've seen the athletic ability, um, the age is a question, but for teams looking for a reliable backup, they could be okay with that. But that's the concern. Is, is can this guy come in? He's flashy. He has tremendous athletic ability. A, is a quarterback we want him to play. But I think more importantly, teams are not going to expect Taysom Hill to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. So can he be a guy who can help in a quarterback room? Does he pick up the game in the offense really well? Can he be a guy that, if we have to put him in as a backup in, a, in an injury spot, can he be efficient for us? Those are the questions that I think Taysom Hill has to answer. Not now, but when he does get his opportunity in the NFL to make the most of that. But we've seen guys like him. From bigger programs with a lot of talent, guys like Connor Shaw come to mind from South Carolina, who was underappreciated most of his career and stuck with the Browns for three, four years. I think Taysom Hill can use that as kind of a guideline of what he could be. 
He's he's 26. He's had four career-ending injuries. That's some serious baggage uh, into the yeah. NFL. But is there any shot of him, say quarterback doesn't work out, he's so athletic you switch positions and try him at safety or something, or is that crazy? Well, I, just like that he's 26, right, and he's had the injuries. I mean, you're going to de- develop a guy in a new position at age of 26. It's, it's tough to imagine that. So certainly odds are stacked against him. But I think teams have gotten very smart, I will say, at – when a guy is a, a football player, which is a cliche, but also a great athlete, teams will give that guy a chance as much as possible. And I think that's the one thing going for him, whether it's a position change, you'll see top-end defensive or offensive linemen with that great athletic ability have to switch positions, even though it's unlikely they'll make it because teams want to get athletes and guys who want to send the game a chance to play on their roster. So I think those odds are working against Hayes Hill, but he'll have a chance in, in a pro day. Um, I'm sorry, at a mini camp and at a tryout to to show himself as a quarterback or as an athlete. But I think more importantly, he's got to impress coaches that hey, he's worth keeping around, and we'll find a home for him someplace. Eric, great stuff. Uh, enjoy these three days, and then uh, go into hibernation for like three months. It's going to be fantastic. <laughs> we'll remember you. Give me give me a call sometime in May or June. I'll be I'll okay. be free. I promise. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Thanks, Eric. Thanks, guys. Eric Galco on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. So he is very firm on his stance that BYU will have two guys drafted. Yeah, everyone's saying that. And he thinks that both Jamal Williams and Harvey Longy will go in the early part of day number three. Two draft picks. Two draft picks for the first time since 2009 projected. That's, That's pretty good. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, Blaine Fowler weighs in on Taysom Hill and the NFL draft. This is BYU Sports Nation. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan reunited in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. In fact, if you missed Eric Galco of uh, Optimum Scouting Sporting News, talked about the NFL draft, where he thinks Jamal Williams and Harvey Longy fit in terms of round. You can catch that interview and more on the BYU TV or BYU Radio apps, or you can download the podcast on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher. And what does he think about Taysom Hill getting a real shot to impress an NFL team? Interesting thoughts from a guy who spends his entire career getting ready for these three days on an annual basis. Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines. 21st-ranked BYU softball scored 12 unanswered runs to beat Utah Valley 12-4. They were down 4 to nothing in the second inning and then rattled off 12 to win their 12th game in a row. The Cougars hit five home runs, including this walk-off from Lexi Taro. Three for four today, and Taro to center field. Her second home run of the game ends it. Walk-off, mercy fashion. BYU wins 12-4. to She makes her own fortune, Spencer. That she does. That she does. I like what you did there, Jerry. Mm-hmm. Lexi Taro. Hit two home runs in the game. BYU combined for five homers for the first time in seven years. And there's more. Ace McKenna Bull has now gone 27 consecutive scoreless innings pitched. A school record. BYU trying to crack into the top 16 of the RPI so they can be eligible to host an NCAA tournament regional. That would be awesome. Baseball opens a three-game homestand tonight against San Francisco at 8 Eastern on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the apps. The Cougars, red hot right now, or blue hot, They've won 12 of the last 15. They're in third place, just a hair outside of first in the West Coast Conference standings. Yeah, I'm just waiting for BYU to hit a home run so I can say, how do you like that for a San Francisco treat? <laughs> that won't, that won't be like happening. You a full house reference that, yeah. tonight. Yeah, just all the San Francisco stuff. How rude. I'm trying to think yeah. of another full house reference. What else, what else is there? You what, does Joey say? what does Joey say? Have mercy. No, no, that's, that's – uh, 
What's his name? Send, Jesse. Hey, that's Jesse's character. Yeah. Uh, John. Send, send in Full House references for Spencer to drop during the baseball game. San Francisco, the Full House headlines. <laughs> Bring them in. Bring in the catchphrases from Full House. Yes, we'll read some of those as they come in. Uh, it was announced within the last hour that BYU women's golf will compete in the Lubbock Regional, the NCAA Golf Championships. 18 teams go to the regional. Six make it to the next stage. Competition begins May 8th. And Jacob Sullivan and Aiden Carazito received all West Coast Conference tennis honors on the men's side. On the women's side, Savannah Ware-Avina and Natalia Nabieva are recognized uh, for their play as well. Both the men and women's teams begin competition this afternoon in the West Coast Conference Championships in Claremont, California. There was so much happening during those headlines with tangents and whatnot, and I'm so glad that our next guest was in studio to hear it all because he, he, can hang he, he knows – about all of it, about Full House Maybe and all of that goodness, and yeah. singing, and yeah, Blaine Fowler, Uncle B, back in <laughs> Studio Blaine. B. Full House, man, that is like you're going back, right? But I, I would go back even further. Like when I was, I my mom used to call me a vidiot. Like I would come home from school <laughs> or practice and sit down and watch in succession Gilligan's Island, Brady Bunch, and uh, I Dream of Jeannie, right in a row, bam, bam, bam. Classic. Yeah. Oh, so. <laughs> That's great television. Yeah, that's, that's good stuff. And it's still, the th- thing is, my kids could watch those shows too because they were growing up with Nickelodeon and they would watch them on Nickelodeon. So they know all the same shows I know. Classic. Well, now they're on TV land. The channel still yeah. exists with it, all of those. Good stuff. Okay, let's talk about something that's almost as important as uh, Gilligan's Island and Full House. BYU football in the NFL draft. Two players projected to go in the seven rounds, Jamal Williams and Harvey Longy. And we want you to make your bold prediction regarding BYU football in the <laughs> NFL draft. So we know that those two guys are going, but can you give us something more to make it to spice it up and make it a little more bold? Well, it, it, it's hard because the draft is a, is a little bit predictable um, for BYU this year. But I will say, I heard your last guest, and, and he was saying that he thought they would they would both go um, maybe not until Saturday. I think one of the two will go Friday. Um, so, so one of those two, and, and I think it's probably going to be Jamal, are going to go before the end of the third round on Friday. And I don't know who, where to. You know, I, I hit Ziggy right on the nose a couple of years yes, ago. Yes, you and, did. And you want to know what I hit? I hit Kyle, too. You guys are forgetting I hit Kyle, too. But the first round is really easy to project because you know exactly what every team needs with their first pick. So now you can look at the rankings and go, okay, if he's the number three defensive end, these are the three teams that need a defensive end. They're going to take a, a defensive end with their first pick. He's going to go number to whatever. And so, so that's really, really easy to predict. Once you get past the first two rounds, now, now all that shuffling that goes on in the beginning of the third round and maybe somebody moves up in the second to the first, it's just so hard to predict where they'll go at that point because now teams start going, uh, even though we need an inside linebacker, well, there's a better athlete available that's an outside linebacker. And so things, things get crazy after the first two rounds. So for me to predict what team and where past the second round is, is really hard. I have a wish. I want Jamal to go to the New York Giants because that's just my childhood team. And, and, and their, their running back right now is, is Paul Perkins. UCLA. And I think Jamal is similar uh, to Paul Perkins. I think he's as talented as Paul Perkins. They've had success with him. They need depth at running back. And that's that's my home team. That's the team I grew up with. I think he'd have a good opportunity there. So so that's where I, I want him to go. 
I think it would be fun. I, my office is back there, so I'm back there all the time. I'd be able to connect with him again. And so, so there's my wish for Jamal. That, that's not by any means where I think he's going to go, but that's my wish for yeah. Jamal hey. is to go to the New York Giants. Okay. And he could be reunited with high school uh, you know, friend and teammate Dante Dion, who plays corner, who played at Boise State. That'd be cool. Okay, how about Harvey Longy? Do you have a, so, you have I, a hope? I don't know that I have a hope for him, I, but I think that this is a class. So it's a running back class that's pretty good at the top end. I still think that Jamal's in the top ten backs in the country. In fact, I think that's where everybody else has him rated. I think, in my mind, he's in the top five or six backs in the country. He's going to be really, really productive as long as he can stay healthy. So I think he's been in the league for a long time, if healthy. I think this is a thin class at inside linebacker this year. And and so I I see Harvey going maybe in the fourth round in this draft. And and maybe somebody takes a flyer on him, takes him early. But I think all the things I've been reading are showing, well, he's about fourth round, fourth round, which is great because nobody was saying that. Three months ago. Yeah. You know, his, has improved his draft stock His so numbers much. have improved. And every time a pro scout gets an eyes-on look at him, where they're standing next to him, he just looks like an NFL inside backer. And I think they look at him and go, not only is he big and physical and can play inside, he's gone back and forth, so he's, he's way below his potential. If he had played inside backer his entire career and never switched position, He'd be a, a first two round draft pick because he's that big and that physical and runs that well. Then they look at him and go, and he runs so well. If he's not our starter, we can plug him in on every special team that we have. So he's a guy that that I think is probably a little bit undervalued. And I also believe he will play for a long, long time if healthy in the NFL. So those two those two guys are locks. Um, so who else? I think Kai has done more to improve his stat, stat you know, st- um, stature and status with, with these guys than anybody else uh, on BYU's, you know, the guys that are going out this year with his pro day. Because I think people questioned how fast he was. They're like, oh, he's a great playmaker. He's got these great instincts. He's a ball hawk. His ball skills are second to none in the NCAA. And they are. But I think he surprised him with his vertical jump and with his 40 speed. And so I think there's some people that are going – Okay, we want this guy. He's a secret, so we're not going to take him. But maybe he gets into that sixth and seventh round, and you have a good team that's going, okay, we pretty much got everything we want. Now who? Now who's the best athlete left? You know what? Maybe we better snatch up that Nakua kid before somebody takes him as a free agent. So, so could he go? I think he could be a surprise and go in the sixth or seventh round. But regardless, if he goes as a free agent, if he continues to weigh the work, work the way he has in this offseason, he's got a chance to make a, make a squad. And what of Taysom Hill, Blaine Fowler? What is the NFL future for one of the most polarizing, intriguing BYU football players in the history of Cougar football? Somebody's going to sign him because he's intriguing to a lot of people. He's one of the most freakish athletes I've ever been around in any sport. They came to his pro day, and remember, he's still rehabbing his injury, and he was phenomenal in pro day. And his body, I mean, he looks like an NFL guy. What position? I don't know. He looks like he can play outside linebacker. He looks like he could play running back. He looks like he could be a big, physical, strong safety. And he threw the ball really well. And so I think there are teams that are going, you know what? He's never really had an offseason ever in his career to just work and to hone his passing skills. So somebody's going to give him a shot. And and I think he can make it as a quarterback. And I've talked to Ty, and Ty thinks that with focus and tons and tons of reps in one system, that he's got the potential if somebody's patient enough. But if he doesn't make it as a quarterback, somebody else or even that team's going to say, we're going to keep you a little bit longer. How about switching over to, let's just say, outside linebacker? Would you be willing to do that? And I think Taysom's mindset is, I want to play football. 
And so I'll do whatever it takes. I want to be a quarterback, but I'll do whatever it takes. And, and I think if he can stay healthy, my heavens, he, he's a phenomenal athlete. He's a freak athlete. And maybe he becomes like Todd Christensen. Remember, to, Todd Christensen, we always forget about Todd Christensen. He got let go by the Cowboys. And then he switched positions mm. with the Raiders. And he wasn't just one of the best tight ends in the National Football League. He was one of the best players, period. He led the league in receiving, not just for tight ends, period. And, and is one of the greatest players that BYU's ever produced in the NFL. But he got cut. In fact, he may have gotten let go twice by the Cowboys. But he was persistent. And I think that Taysom's got the physical skills that if he stays healthy and is persistent, he can play. Great stuff, Blaine. And unfortunately, none of these guys are going to be playing on August 26th. Mm. Countdown to the Vikings. 121. Hey, BYU's hey, on version yeah. of the three yeah. tenors. Yeah. The three tenors in Studio B. I want to be a baritone. We need to work on some harmony on that. Yeah, well, but that's we, next we tried harmony one that's time, next. and it was too and cheesy. J- Jerem was like, "No, I don't." It want wasn't it. good. Well, well, it was. You good, could, prob- but it was you too could probably. Cheesy. You know what? Yeah. We're gonna we're gonna try it, and we'll practice, and then one of these times we'll do it in harmony. Then again, you and I harmonized to the national anthem one yes. time. Yes, it was. And I gotta tell you, we started doing it, and I heard, and and the hair stood up on the back of my neck. And I got goosebumps. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Our daily rebroadcasters weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. And tonight at 8 Eastern time, the baseball team takes on San Francisco. Uh, 8 Eastern, BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the big game for the Cougars in conference. Trying to stay in position to win a West Coast Conference championship. And it's time that we play What's the Chance? BYU Sports Nation asks, What's the Chance? 100%. Pretty self-explanatory. We played it last week and it was so fun, we wanted to do it again this week. What's the chance on BYU Sports Nation? Give us number one. What's the chance Jamal Williams is drafted in the first three rounds of the NFL draft? I'd go like 5%. It just it, it seems like he's going to go to rounds four or five in all likelihood. That's the sense I'm getting. Wow, that and again, low? It, all, it always depends on need, right? Yes. I'll go 5% because I think he's going to be a fourth or fifth rounder. That low, 5%. Yeah, that's not, that's not a knock on him. It's, the, it's an evaluation of the need. It the all team. depends on how quickly those top-tier running backs go. Like, what if a Ornette, bunch of those running Cook, backs go in the McCaffrey, first round yeah. and – People are dead. Like, teams are desperate. Like, oh, well, we need to get a running back. I hope he goes third round. That would tie the highest drafted running back round ever at BYU. Pete I'm going to go with Jamal Williams' number, 21%, that he gets drafted oh. by the end of the third round. Just because weird things happen. If running backs are at a premium for whatever reason and a team needs one and they don't want to wait around, he could be drafted by the end of the third round. So, yeah, I think better than 5%, but uh, still most likely fourth, fifth round. Number two. What's the chance BYU has more than dose, two players, drafted this weekend? 27.8%. I think there's a shot, uh, but if Andrew Idy or Kainakua, there's your two possibilities, are the third BYU NFL draft pick, there's a shot. I don't think it's going to happen, but I'll give it 27.8%. Yeah, I'll say 50% just because – when you get to the seventh round, if there is a team that really wants one of those players and they know, like, okay, well, 
there's a chance that we could sign him as an undrafted free agent, but there's no guarantee. And if they so if they want somebody that is that free agent quality, late round quality, and they absolutely want to take them off the table for other teams to potentially sign, then a guy like Kainaku and Andrew Idy could go, or even Taysom Hill. Like, what if somebody wants Taysom Hill badly enough that they don't want to risk losing him in free agency to another team. A 26-year-old with four season-ending injuries will not be drafted. I don't think he will either. In two, in but we've 2000, seen crazy things. Yeah, 2000. The craziest thing was that it happened four times. Oh my gosh! 2005 was the last year BYU had three picks. By the way, 05. 2005. So 12 seasons ago. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, I think I don't know 50 percent because Andrew Idy is a curious case. He's an offensive lineman. It's a, Eric Galco told us it's a really low draft class for offensive linemen. So why why wouldn't he get taken in the sixth or seventh round if there's not if someone needs one? There are not many bodies to go around. Number three, what's the chance Colton Shaver hits a home run tonight against San Francisco? He's red hot. I mean, he's been playing really well. I I go forty six percent on this. I think there's a shot. Colton Shaver is playing the best ball of the season. He's raised his average over a hundred points. He's been one of the main catalysts for BYU baseball turning it around. 12 of 15, they've won. Uh, hair off the lead in the conference. I, 46% Colton Shaver hits home. 33.3333 repeating that Colton Shaver will hit a home run tonight. 100% that he hits a home run in the series. Oh, it's in a the three series? It's three-game series, 100%. Nice. But tonight, just because there are three games, 33.3333 repeating. For Colton so Shaver to go deep the end? in like, tonight's game. No, it doesn't round up, naturally. Okay. No. Does it, it round down? <sighs> because when you, when you do the point really? six, there's always a seven there. I'm like, <laughs> how'd that seven get here? <laughs> Number four. Well, are they playing the Cincinnati Reds? Because if he is, they'll get <laughs> Eric <run>. Thames! <laughs> yes. He's got plenty of blood in urine, he says. <laughs> Number Thank four. you, Jerem. Number, Number four. four. What's the chance both of you will like your NFL team's draft picks? Well, your team is the Cincinnati Bengals. Okay, so they'll draft someone with criminal a uh, criminal record. Hey, lightly. don't go there. Don't go there, Jerem. Come on, this that's a low blow. It's an accurate. That is a low it's blow, Jerem. Low, and you know it's right. No, that is not correct. How dare you attack it's Marvin Lewis correct. and his friends in Cincinnati, Jerem? You know what? I should be careful because I might be in Cincinnati next week. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> uh, no Grater's ice cream for you, Jerem. This is America. I can go in and get whatever ice cream flavor I want. Yeah, well, unless you get cornered by the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, yeah. Louis <laughs> Vacapuna's old buddies are going to be waiting for me. 90% chance I like Cincinnati's first-round pick. 90%? Okay. Yeah, they, they draft well. They historically draft really good players. 100% in Pete Carroll, I trust. Really? Yeah. No NCAA violations needed. In okay. I was going to go there, but you it's took NFL. me there. You went there for me. Championships. Cougar Whip Round up next. Championships, Spencer. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to today's guest, Eric Galco of the Sporting News and Optimum Scouting, previewing the NFL draft for BYU and Blaine Fowler, who thinks that Andrew Wrighty might be that third guy to get his uh, name called during the draft. He, actually, he said he will be on an NFL roster and last a long time, but not get drafted. But I, yeah, yeah, I don't know. He, he's really concerned about his son-in-law, Dallas Lloyd, from Stanford, who is pre- from Pleasant Grove. Yeah, projected sixth, seventh round. He could be drafted. Blaine's son-in-law could be drafted, which is super cool. Tomorrow we'll continue our NFL draft coverage 
with David Nixon, a guy who went undrafted but did play four years in the league. We'll talk to him about those free agents, kind of what this weekend's going to be like. Oh, my Lanta, whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Softball. 21st ranked BYU softball scored 12 unanswered runs last night to beat Utah Valley 12-4 in six innings, giving Spencer Linton one less inning to call on the air. The ladies have now won 12 games in a row. Lexi Terrell hit two homers in the game. The Cougars combined for five home runs in the game. First time in seven years they've done that. There's more. Ace McKenna Bull has pitched 27 consecutive scoreless innings, a school record. BYU's gunning for the top 16, by the way, in the RPI because the top 16 can host the NCAA tournament. They're currently 18. Oh, baseball. Cougars open a three-game homestand against San Francisco at 8 Eastern on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the apps. You BYU got it, dude. has won 12 of 15 games in WCC play in third place right now in the WCC. Tennis. Jacob Sullivan is on the all-conference singles first team. He's also on the second team for doubles with Aiden Carazzetto. The Cougars begin competition in the West Coast Conference Championships today against uh, Six Seed Santa Clara, Four Eastern in Claremont, California. Cut it out. Yeah, that's the best one. On the women's tennis side, Savannah Ware, Avina, and Natalia Nabieva earn WCC honors. The team begins play in WCC tournament action as the Six Seed against the number three seed St. Mary's. Cougars in the PGA. Both Daniel Sorensen and Zach Blair are in action today at the Zurich Classic of New Orleans. Watch out for those elephants. Summer Hayes has teamed up with fellow Utah Tony Finau, and Blair is partnered with CT Pan in a rare team format tournament on the PGA Tour. An update. Team Summer Hayes and Finau are currently one under par, tied for 12th, and Team Blair Pan, that sounds like a fun restaurant name, are two over, tied for 32nd. Back to you, Spencer. Cougars in the minors. Have mercy. Jacob Hanneman went two for five yesterday in a Tennessee Smokies win against the Chattanooga Lookouts. <laughs> Track and field. <laughs> oh, please. BYU hosts, I love those names. BYU hosts a Clarence Robison Invitational, the first home outdoor meet of the season, starting today at 2 Eastern through Saturday, so that's coming up in an hour. Robison Invitational is one of the final three meets for athletes to qualify for the NCAA West Preliminary. Golf. It was announced within the last hour that BYU's women's golf team will compete in the Lubbock Regional of the NCAA Golf Championships. Competition starts on May 8th. Good luck. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. Lexi Tarot, two homers, including a walk-off. Boom goes the dynamite. She's got three on the season. Our Twitter question today, what is your bold prediction for BYU football in the draft? At Royal Cougars 5 says Jamal goes to the Philadelphia Eagles in the fourth round. Picking his team. Our hey, bye. Our elite tweet of the day from at one bald coyote dog. With his explosive speed in the 40, vanilla man Spencer Linton squeaks in just ahead of Jamal in the third round as a defensive back to Seattle. No, they actually have fast guys. The conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. I'm still waiting for you to try and beat my 40 time, Jerem. Okay. Yeah. Shout out to Franco and Prada. We're back to work tomorrow. <laughs>